Welcome to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One Consulting. This is your go-to podcast on optimizing your day. The Win the 16 podcast features discussions on leadership and coaching, personal and professional development, as well as discussions on the modern work culture and engaging employees in hybrid and remote work environments. Your hosts are Dave Pygon, president of Pygon One Consulting, and his brother, Dr. Bud Pygon, anesthesiologist at the University of Illinois at Chicago. On today's episode, Dave and Bud will be discussing the difference between managers and leaders. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Win the 16 Podcast. Thank you everyone for listening today. Thank you to Carrie and the production team for your help and support. Welcome, Bud. How you doing? Dave, I don't think it could be better. Oh, I love that. Bud, we missed you the last week. Uh, we discussed remote employees and engagement, but your godson, Tyler, pinch hit for you, and uh, we had a really nice podcast, but we did miss you. Yeah, he did a great job. He, he's actually more of an ex, uh, expert on that. I, I've never really worked remote, so he was a good he was a good substitute. Absolutely. I learned a lot myself. It, it was fun doing it. So today's topic is going to be managers versus leaders. We'll define them. We'll share the differences as well as some tips for both of them. You and I in the production meeting, we were talking about, and we want to make sure this is crystal clear, you can be a really good to excellent manager. That does not mean you're a good leader. And I think when we share the differences today, that will be loud and clear for some. But your leadership roles and managerial experience you've had over the years, being a doctor as well as the chief medical officer at University of Illinois is going to be great. Your experiences for the conversation. I've been in leadership over two decades, so it should be a real good conversation today. But anything you want to say before we jump in? Yeah, I, you know, I had a lot of management roles uh, before I got into some leadership roles. And, and frankly, um, I wasn't even really aware there was much of a difference. I thought of them as synonymous and they're, they're not. Sure. And we'll dig into that. Uh, you know, through this podcast. That's really what it's going to be about. Um, one thing before we move on, I do want to say, um, you know, my, my number one fan and critic, my wife, listened to the podcast <laughs> on the book reviews um, and noted that I didn't really fully sell why Jim Collins is built to last is a great book uh, uh, for all leaders. I re-listened to the podcast. She's right. Um, here's why built to last is worth your time. It really demystifies leader, leading great companies. Uh, it shows that through rigorous uh, decades-long analytical research, Jim Collins and his team shows that leadership and building something to last is about choices we make, about adherence to steps and processes that work, like planning, strategies, goals, single-minded pursuit of excellence. It's about your agency. It's not about ego-driven or profit-driven pursuits. It really is a matter of choice. For me, when I read it, it was really a hope, a message of great hope and optimism that I could be a great leader and manager too and build something that lasts. Great. Thanks for sharing that. And Joanne, thank you. Glad you're such a great listener and attentive. So we appreciate you. But that's a great example too of what the two of you just demonstrated that we've been talking about in Win the 16. That whole coach slash accountability buddy to help us out uh, is something as simple as the parts of the podcast. So that was awesome. But do you want to define managers and leaders for us today? Love to. And obviously there's tons of things out there, but here's where we're going to go with it because I think it really does include most of what we want to talk about. Managers, 
They pursue goals through coordinated actions and tactical processes, tasks and activities that unfold over stages to reach a certain outcome. Leaders, on the other hand, focus more on finding ways to align and influence people, to mobilize others so they can execute a set of individual and collective tasks. The best managers are certainly leaders, but being a manager does not make you a leader. Managers and leaders are not synonymous. That's, that's, that's huge. I, I love that one. And I, like you, when I first started my journey and when I wasn't first became a manager over 20 years ago, I didn't realize the difference, but I learned over time there is a major difference. I wanted to share, Bud, a bit of history on leaders. You and I discussed this this week and we have in the past, and that's the great man theory from the 1840s, where the core belief was leaders are born. They're not made and they're not trained. They're born that way. In, in those days, that would have been people like Napoleon, Julius Caesar, our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. And I want to share that because it's everything you and I don't believe in today. And the leadership theories over time have proven that, that leaders aren't necessarily born. That is the unicorn in the room for the leader who was actually just naturally gifted and born. This being a leader is like most of the principles in Win the 16. It's a skill. It can be developed. You can train on it. And you can work on it to be a leader or as well as being a better leader. Anything you want to share on that? Yeah, point, absolutely. Bud? You know, it's back to the fixed uh, mindset versus the growth mindset. This great man theory is a fixed mindset. You know, we, we are who we are and yes. we're born and we were that way as opposed to the growth mindset, which you and I really believe uh, is who great leaders are, that uh, you can train to learn, develop, evolve, uh, into that. Um, you know, leadership really is the result of action, taking action, um, doing actions that inspire, encourage, engage people. Uh, it's a quality that can be shaped and developed. It can be learned. Uh, emotional intelligence helps building greater self-awareness, self-reflection, getting honest feedback, and helping you understand how to bring out the best in yourself and others. Uh, and, you know, again, to put in a plug for coaching, you know, these are things professional coaches can help you with. Mm -hmm. I would not take on a new leadership position um, without negotiating a clause in my contract that allowed for professional coaching that gave me time during my work week to do it. And then also, you know, if possible, to even pay for it, because I believe that's how important coaching is in helping us develop and grow and become better leaders. It's also part of that growth mindset. I, I, you got the job because either you were a good manager or promoted up, so the Peter principle, or because you are a good leader and they're giving you more on your plate. It, it's not a fixed mindset though. That isn't where you need to be standing, right? So you're constantly developing and growing and learning. Uh, and, and coaching is crucial to helping us be and explore our potential. As most people who are frequent listeners of podcasts can sense, feel, and hear you and I, not only from our backgrounds in athletics, but we continue to enjoy watching sports, many different kinds. And we can see sitting in the stands, watching on TV, quality managers and quality leaders. Conversely, you and I can, it's crystal clear to us when we see lack of leadership, and lack of managers. And I'm not gonna get into one of our favorite teams on that issue. That would be a whole other podcast today, but that is critical. 
is now we're gonna jump into the differences between, but before I do that, I just wanna make sure that I articulate this to everybody. You can be a wonderful manager, incredible, doesn't mean you're a great leader. Conversely, you could be a really good leader, visionary, and many other different things, but maybe you don't exude some of the manager's skills that need to be done. For instance, structure is part of being a manager, that structure piece of it. So as everyone's listening today, I don't necessarily, we were trying not to say, hey, you're a really good manager, you should be a leader, or you're a leader out there, and you're, that means you're necessarily a very good manager too. That's not the case. You could be good at one, but not necessarily the other. Yeah, I think, again, the take-home message is they're different. Yes. There's a lot of crossover. If you're doing your Venn diagram, there'd be a lot of similarities on certain things. And certainly managers can have great leadership skills. And most often to become a leader, you've had to demonstrate management. And that's how they move up in the, the hierarchy in most uh, structures, business structures. Um, but they're different. Yes. So why don't we just go and start listing off some button. Now, first is when you think of a manager, they are awarded or given or earned a title. They have a title to them. Leaders, not necessarily. Anyone can be a leader. They're not necessarily titles that are given or awarded. It can be anybody. So, but I'll throw this question and we can answer this. If leadership can be anybody, so that could be in a sales team, a marketing team, an individual contributor, does not have anyone underneath them or a direct report, a nurse at a hospital potentially. If we're saying those people can be leaders, and I say this with a smile on my face as I'm sitting across from you, my experience, generally speaking over the years, I have not been part of, nor have I witnessed or heard many organizations developing our non-managers or people without direct reports on leadership skills. What's your two cents on that, bud? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I do believe physicians are leaders by nature of the title. Um, yes. Uh, and because of the responsibility of that. Um, so we initiated a leadership development program in my department uh, to train everyone on leadership skills, um, you know, sort of, you know, throwing it out there to see who would thrive uh, and develop and grow uh, their leadership skills and, you know, start really giving them the opportunity with some professional coaching to explore their own potential on leadership. So I'm a 100% believer in that. Um, one of the ways to identify leaders too in your organization are who are the people that the people in your organization turn to? Who do they mm. look to for support? Who do they talk to? Who do they share information with? Um, those are the people that have built trust um, with people that uh, is sort of an indication of who the people in the organization feel are their true leaders. And, and like you say, that's often people that don't have titles. Yes, yes. And I remember you telling me when you were doing those leadership trains a while back, and that's uh, that that's outstanding. So another difference, managers more top down telling where you find the leaders, it's more bottom up. And what we mean by that is encouraging, seeking to understand those type of questions. And again, we don't we're not saying managers don't ask questions. Uh, I was a manager. Absolutely. These are just some noticeable difference in 
deciphering between the two. Managers, it's more structure. Whereas leaders, it's less structure. There's more agility, flexibility. The managers, it's more systems in place. The leaders would be more of, they could have systems in place, but they're open to change them. And that could be in some situations because they have the power to do that if the leader is, does have a title such as a CEO, vice president, director, that's where that could come into play, that I could see it. I was just thinking about that one, but the managers focus on methods, right? That's that structure piece that they have. Leaders might focus more on exceptions. Very common in the business world you'll hear, and in, in medicine too, buddy, you might wanna comment, it. You, you all probably do this as well, is the old workaround. How do we work around this? How do we work through this where we need to make an exception, where the managers are more focused on the step one, step two, here's the direction we need to move on, whereas the leader, it, we would say it's a little more dynamic. Any perspective on that, bud? Yeah, again, I think these are really great differentiations between managers and leaders. And again, to get back to leaders often manage, managers are often good leaders. But but in those specific roles, like we're talking about today, these are really good differences to kind of clarify in your mind. What's the difference in how you're behaving? Are you acting like a manager or are you acting like a leader? And my friends out there I, who are managers, because I have plenty of them. In fact, I have two. I'm coaching one-on-one. -on -one. The structure and the focus that you have on your methods for your teams, I tip my hat to you. So please don't take any of these in a negative framework. None of this is negative. This is just showing some differences and some things that you can use on either side of the fence on these issues. So those methods that you have in place, they're critical. The structure, imperative that you have though. So I just wanted to make sure I articulate that. One example that you might find from a manager, they might say something like this. What can we do with the current resources that we have in place to get the job done that we need to do? Great question. Very fair. A leader, they might dance a little bit on this end. They might say, what don't we have that if we did have it, it would expedite our, expedite our efficiency and our speed to resolution and performing at higher results right now. So just both, I love both questions, both comments, different perspectives where they might come from. A manager is going to be focusing on connecting. Whereas you might find your leaders, not that leaders do not want to connect because they do, because leaders do want to inspire, but they also will be focusing on affirming, stating facts, asserting things publicly, to create a vision, to build around something, a center vision for the entire audience, group, people. We're going back to our managers. They're going to be focused more on the process. Could be setting objectives, achieving goals, that implementation process. Whereas our leaders are going to be thinking ahead, what should our goals be next? Do we need to modify something? They're gonna be looking around the corner. Leaders, I remember taking this course about years ago and they gave a great example and they always talked about 
the management team, and we need those managers, they are on the dance floor. They are right there, first line, second line, understanding what's going on at that moment, where your leaders take time to go up in the balcony to oversee everything. And I really think that's a great, I, I just picture it, I can remember the woman who was teaching us that day saying that, and I thought that was a really good example. Us managers out there, when we're on the front lines or second lines and managing processes internally or externally, it's just a reminder to exude leadership skills and to sometimes go up to the balcony because that's where the leaders are going to be to try to see a bigger picture. But I said a lot there. Anything that you want to comment on? Uh, tons. Uh, you know, a couple things too about leaders and managers. If I'm creating a company or running a company, I need both great yes. leaders and great managers. And if they're all one and the same, that's fantastic. That isn't usually how it works. <laughs> Uh, you know, and oftentimes, especially with some younger people, you're not going to necessarily promote them into leadership roles initially. They have to sort of work their way through that by being great managers and proving themselves. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big proponent of that too, of giving people opportunity to, to grow and learn and doing it in sort of a management position. So again, I know it, it may seem like one is better than the other, or we're holding one in higher esteem than the other, and that isn't the true, is it true? Um, if I'm running a company, I want great managers and I want great leaders. Uh, but again, what we're talking about is they're different skill sets and you may have one skill set, but not the other. Uh, and, and you may be a great manager and want to become a great leader. Um, and because you were a great manager, that whatever skill set you had that got you that, you may not be what takes you to that next level as a great leader. Um, so I think that's important. Uh, I know you've got a few more things you want to say about that, and then I'm going to close with a couple other compare and contrast that I have. Yes, but I was thinking too, some people out there in the management might just be the, that might be it for them. And I mean that in a great way. They might really have a good understanding who they are because from a management perspective, there's a little bit more control. There's more processes in place, more things technical and more systems and peop some people that is their thing they're great at it. they're great managing systems they love methods in place the leaders and it's not that you can't be a great leader and also have that important but a lot of times leaders are going to have to relinquish a little bit of control sometimes and they have to be more of an influencer and less tellers so that's just a, to me a differentiator for the two and for some people, they just might be better living in that world of management because it might work for them. So why don't you uh, jump in there, bud? Yeah, you know, I want to kind of go through a couple things. And I think this is a really nice way to talk about it, right? Managers, they work with others to make sure goals are articulated and executed. Leaders develop goals. Managers develop processes to ensure the execution of goals. Leaders drive the change that's needed for those goals. Managers administer, leaders innovate, managers maintain, leaders develop. Managers focus on systems and structures, leaders focus on people, right? And, it, um, you know, I gave a lecture recently at the College of Medicine on courageous leadership because I've really come to believe that that's such a huge part of being a leader. And I, I throw it in with my sort of four C's of leadership, right? Courage, caring, compassion, and then communication. But the big part of 
communication is listening. Um, and so great leaders are great listeners. Right? Mm. They have great empathy. You know, when you're a manager trying to execute and meet deadlines and structures and processes, you don't always have the time Bingo. necessary to sit down and listen. And it's why the jobs are different and they require different skill sets. And again, not to say managers don't listen or shouldn't listen, but they just may not have the time because they're involved with some of the day-to-day that a leader can take a step back from, delegate and allow the manager to manage that so the leader can make maybe some of those more empathetic connections with people. Again, one not better than the other, they're just different. In Bud, you said something, and I want to make sure we're clear on this too. A lot of times, you mentioned leaders that focus on people. All my manager friends out there, I know you focus on people too as well. What Bud said, though, I thought was so paramount in this conversation was you just potentially might have enough time to do all of that because you're doing all of these different things. You unequivocally are spending time doing your appraisals, your annual performance reviews, those are all about the people. These are just differentiators to separate the greatness in leadership and the greatness in management. So again, just want to be crystal clear on that. Well, here's an example, and you and I, you and I have had this conversation too. When I was managing the operating room, I, I had things I had to get done every single day, and they were different depending on what crisis came up in that day. And so I didn't have time to sit down and, and talk to some of my employees and explain to them the the whys and the purpose behind the task I needed them to complete. Cause I was on a time budget, I was on a time scale, time frame here and needed something to get done. And I just needed them to do what I needed them to do. Right. And, and what I hoped is that I had a relationship enough with them where they just trusted me. And when I said, listen, I just need you to do this, they just did it. Instead of engaging me in some long philosophical conversation that I just didn't have the time for in the moment of the day and the issues going on at the moment. You know, and I don't want this crisis isn't too strong a word, but again, the things that came up every day in the OR that were unplanned events, right? Sure. So that's what I mean more by that, where then you try to find time at a convenient time when you're not managing a situation where you can sit down and have that conversation with them about the whys of what we were doing, what was going on. So that's, I think, an example of where you're managing versus maybe having a leadership role or having a leadership relationship with them as a manager. Yes, and you can see why, but as you and I go through the differences here, why a lot of us can say, think they're intertwined and they're not the same thing, but they're synonymous with each other. So, but why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come right back. Thank you all for listening to Win the 16. And when we get back, we're going to talk about tips for managers and tips for leaders. If you're an individual or an organization contemplating personal and professional development, reach out to Pygon One Consulting to have a discovery conversation regarding how we can help you and your business. Please visit our website at pygonone.com to start your journey. Welcome back to Win the 16. So now we're going to jump into some tips for managers to start with, and then we'll that'll lead us into tips for leaders, for leadership. So first, Bud, some tips for managers. 
Know your job description. I say that with a smile and a little bit of a laugh here. Where this is coming from, watch out is be careful you're not doing other people's jobs. As a manager, you have people who are directly reporting to you. Uh, you're paying them to do their jobs. You're there to help them not do it. So that sometimes I know that can come into play. Manage your time daily, focusing on the top priorities first thing in the day, bud. That's when the 16, right? Yeah, it, it seems that comes up every week. Right. But that is a big one, that top priority piece. Because for all of us, especially managers out there, as the day goes on, your phone, whether it's clients, internal operations, your direct reports, the phone and email rings more and more and email is coming in. So focusing on those priorities, getting some things done right away. Have a mission and goal every project and don't deviate. Purpose on everything you do because people are going to try to pull you away and get them onto their agendas. Performance driven and performance ob objectives for all direct reports. Measure what you expect. We'd like to believe everybody as, a, as is accountable as you are, but we know sometimes things don't happen and it's not that people don't wanna do them, it's just other things get in the way and this is where if we're measuring things and expecting certain things at certain times, we can help catch these people. When I say catch, I mean in a positive, good way, catch them, not catch them in a negative, we caught them not doing something. As a good manager, we're all in this together. And if we can help find something before it's too late for one of our direct ports, that should be a good thing. That's when it comes into how we deliver and how we do it. It's not a gotcha. It's more of, here's an opportunity. Let's work together to get this where we need to go by the end of the road, which is great. Empowering people to do their job and stretching them, especially for our employees that are uh, overachieving. They're our future leaders, potentially. Giving them stretch goals, giving them stretch development areas. Monitoring budget and policies. Here's one that might be of interest. And we talked about this, bud. I cannot remember if it was our second or third podcast, a little bit. And that is a manager. We need to manage our own boss. Clear communication. Our bosses, my guess, do not like surprises. Ask to be coached and developed. Again, I'll say that again. As a manager, one, we need it. I think it's been loud and clear on the Win the 16 podcast. We all need to be coached and developed. The other thing I would say is it's a pretty attractive, pretty attractive professional quality when somebody can go to their boss and said, hey, I need you to coach me. I need you to develop me. I'm responsible for my development and my career, absolutely, but I want you to coach me. I want to get better and I want it under your tutelage to help. Yeah, I've got a great... Yes, please, bud. Agree. No, it's a, you know, I learned a valuable lesson and my boss did a great job of coaching me and training me. Um, he and I would meet and discuss what we wanted to discuss with our advisory meeting. Um, so we really, you know, had a lot of discussion and then, and then at the advisory, he would lead it. He was the boss, of course. And I remember he said something at the advisory that I questioned him about and really kind of pushed him hard. 
acting as if we were alone in the room, having the kind of open, honest mm. conversations we had when it was just the two of us. Uh, and I had a great relationship with him, and he always welcomed that kind of feedback from me and was very engaging with me. But in public, with the rest of the advisory committee, which was six or seven other people in the department, he was livid that I had challenged him in public uh, and that <laughs> he felt I, it was undermining that the group needed to see us as one and had a unified front that sure. we were aligned with and moving forward. And, you know, sort of like not watching how we made the sausage where maybe we didn't always see eye to eye. And he said, we can disagree behind closed doors as much as we want, but when we go out in public, we are, we are one and we support each other and we continue to move forward as, a, as one. Um, and so that was a valuable lesson for me. He was absolutely right. 100%. Yep, absolutely right. And so that was, you know, that manager boss, um, that's where he kind of had to manage me, but also my pushing him in an open public forum like that is not how you manage your boss. Well, kudos to you for your self-awareness on that as well after the fact and admitting that. And but that leads perfectly into the next one is do your boss a favor, supervisor, whatever you call them. This is massive to me, but and that is if you don't agree with your boss on something, most of the time your boss wants to know that. I know somebody out there listening say, oh you don't know my boss. And I'm sure we people have bosses out there where they can't. I'm just saying, generally speaking, if they say something you don't agree with, if you approach them, typically one-on-one -on -one is the best, <laughs> and you do it in a professional way, and you do it in a way that is seeking to understand, and it's out of curiosity, and you're doing it out of respect, and the last bullet point in this one I say to you is, you're doing it when they have time. If you, you know your boss well, if they're in a hurry, they need to get off this call or run to another meeting. That's not the time. But calling a timeout and say, hey, I really need to go back to this topic with you. We need to discuss. I've got a couple of views on it I need to share with you. I gotta tell you, bud, it's powerful. And that boss, in the end, will be so appreciative you did that. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, it, it brings up the one of your books in the book review about, uh, the, which I thought was fabulous, the piece of advice about be efficient with time, but effective with people. Oh, yes. That highlights both, right? Yes. If your boss doesn't have time, right, that's not being efficient, dragging him into something that can't be easily dismissed. Um, and it's also not particularly effective with people. At 100%, 100%. A tr transparency, open and honest communication. Just a caveat, and that's gonna lead us into the tips for leaders, because it's the same one. Whether you're a manager or a leader, here's the Venn diagram piece. If you're a manager or a leader, transparency, open, honesty, we all know that's critical. We're, we're stating the obvious there. What I'd like to say on the back end is this. There are times, whether it's confidentiality, we just cannot say certain things. And I am a firm believer, if there's something that we're asked about from a direct report or somebody that we can't comment, I think it's very attractive to me in the professional world if somebody just says to me, Dave, I just can't speak on that right now. And when they say that, I always jump back like, oh, 
I'm sorry, friend. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to ask. I didn't know. And then they usually will go, oh, no, no, you didn't know. I just can't comment on that right now. And I got to tell you, what a, that is being transparent in a wonderful way with your direct report. And you didn't say anything other than be a good professional. Right. Well, you know, it's true, too. You also want to protect people's privacy. Yes. Right, um, because as a manager and a leader, you may learn things about people or know things, or even with job performance and, and know, again, if you know your people, um, you wanna honor and respect their privacy. So you wanna be transparent, but you also don't wanna violate confidentialities and also violate people's trust and privacy with you too. Um, yes. So it, it, it is, I think they go hand in hand, that transparency and confidentiality and privacy. Yes, but you know, I believe where I, I think I've, I think we're probably this happens. People that are going back to dispersonality, which we've tossed on the podcast, you know, you and I are firm believers of everybody getting a personality assessment to understand themselves while standing others. If you are an I, which is that influencer, that is your, your Barack Obamas of the world, the people who talk, comedians tend to fall on that, who, who like talking, enjoy talking, they're the ones potentially this is a watch out because they want to be light and they could potentially say something that they really shouldn't. The other one would be is if you're really trying to build a relationship with somebody and in the back of your mind you feel by opening up even more and sticking your neck out there, you might increase that. I would just say that's a watch out. We, we need to be careful. There's things that just cannot be said due to timing or to your point, uh, human resources, compliance, any of that stuff can't be said. So, but why don't we, that was a tip for leadership and management. So now I'm gonna jump down to tips for leadership, unless there's something else you wanna comment. Yeah, I wanna, you know, Dave, how many managers have you had in your career that you also thought were true leaders? Oh, wow. Ooh, I didn't know you were gonna ask me that. Uh, I would have wrote, I would have written those down, but uh, how many managers? I can say for sure there's two, because I, in Win the 16 book that's coming out, second quarter, I documented them. So I know I have two for sure that were my managers and they were also leaders. And I give the examples, uh, what they taught me, how they taught it and how they led us through different things while still managing processes, policies and all the other stuff. So two off the top of my head, I'm sure there's a couple more, but I don't, not everyone, I, I, yeah, I will say I had more people that were, I've had more managers in my life that were not leaders than the other way around. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And so I can unequivocally. Think, yeah. I, one great manager who was a great leader wasn't even my manager, but it's who we co-managed the OR. Um, so I'm not even sure that counts because he wasn't my manager. Uh, and then I'd say as a resident, I had a couple of attendings who were great leaders um, that because of the role and the residency and that were technically managers mm. for me, but even that's not as clean. So yeah, it's a, it's a small list. It's not a big one, but no, and it's as a small I said, list. I've definitely had more managers right. and then I, and I, I don't even want you to ask me this and how many managers do I have over the years that I'd say were effective and non-effective. That's a whole nother podcast. So yeah. we'll jump into tips for leaders. Now that we've given one visionary, seeing the big picture, not just today, that people's sense of what is going on down the line, sharing what you can 
of what your vision is, is, is a powerful tool for leaders. Admitting when you're wrong or admitting when you don't know something. Hiring people that are smarter than you. Hiring people smarter than you. I think that's a huge one. Hiring a diverse group of people as well that are different than you, as well as different than each other. You don't want eight direct reports that seven of them are basically identical. That diversity is critical. Transparency, which we touched on, that sharing what you can know and being honest, what you can't, it's just impactful. You mentioned it, but in the podcast, that empathy piece, being able to listen, that growth mindset not being fixed. And that one's tough at times, especially when I think I'm right, but <laughs> it's hard yeah, because I, I'm fixed. I, I really believe I, right now I'm going through uh, some marketing strategy with Pygon One and I've had two people give me some really, really good ideas, but I was fixed as I was going in that conversation because I really believe what we had was the way to go. And my first reaction was kind of to say no. By the end, luckily they jarred me and I have all the respect for them that it got me to a growth mindset because I believe now we have a better plan. Yeah, this one's really hard for me too, especially, you know, just who I am. I want to fix things, and so sometimes I hear a problem oh, yes. in that, and I'm jumping on solutions. Yes, and they don't. They haven't even finished telling me their story. Yes, um, and hearing the story is more important even than fixing the problem for them. Uh, and so this one is something that I, I I have to. This one I struggle with and always need to work on. It, you know why? But I believe people struggle in that one, and I'll say from my perspective, what's great about the world? We're all different we're all different. We're all born differently. We all develop differently. And here's where my problem with fixing is. Sometimes people who share challenges, opportunities, problems, whatever it might be, to me, they're so simple to fix. And what I forget though, is on the other end, one, they might not want me to fix it. And two, the second one is that situation they're having might be easy for me, but for them is really difficult. Just conversely, I'm sure, but I go to you with problems and challenges. They're really hard for me. And you're thinking, this is a problem. I got this. And we're different. And that's what I've got to stay focused on personally and professionally. I'm sure Susan would be all over that one if we, uh, when we have a conversation. Here's one, bud. Welcome the truth, even if it might hurt. So as a leader, you want the truth. You want to know what authentically is going on whatever business you're in. Yeah, this one I throw into as I, you know, I've dug into the courage and, and after looking back on my time as CMO, that was the, the one biggest take home. And again, it's amazing how I never thought courage was a attribute of a great leader. I didn't think it wasn't, I just never thought about it. Um, and welcoming the truth is an act of courage, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and I, I, it is to, you Great leaders confront hard truths, right, and difficult challenges. They don't run away from it. They don't. They don't hide from it. You know, it's not the three monkeys, right? See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Mm -hmm. right? That's not leadership. Um, so uh, this one, I think, is a really important one. And you know why I think it doesn't happen as much as it should. But in fairness to leaders out there, 
So for everyone out there who's a leader, CEO, president, business owner, just a leader without a title, I believe it's sometimes time and resources. Time, I meaning is they don't have time in the day. They have so much to do. They can't take the 20 minute conversation on this topic. Two, the resources that are evolved right now. I'll give you an example for my book that's coming out. There are so many ideas I'm getting, which are amazing ideas, but I only have so many resources to launch this that it comes to the point we can't do anymore. And I believe that sometimes in fairness to our leaders out there, time and resources is why this, I'm not making excuses for leaders out there. I'm just saying these are what gets in the way sometimes because I believe most leaders believe this. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, again, so we're not just beating up on, on leaders too. Uh, sometimes the truth is so complex and the solution is almost beyond the mm. grasp that spending time hearing it and working with it, they, they, they know to some degree that maybe it isn't quite solvable today or in the long term or their hands are tied on certain issues um, that they're, they're not seeking it. Got it. Right. So Fair. again, you're right. It, it's it, This is not meant to take shots at leaders. No, no way. No way. Managers and leaders out there, you have tough jobs out there. All the respect in the world for what you're doing. A few more tips, bud, before we close today. Ask how you can help remove barriers or obstacles in their job. No promises, but what can we remove that would help make your job more efficient, more effective, and increase performance? People love hearing that. Follow up on what you say you're going to do. Follow up on answers you can't answer. Even if it might be, hey, I didn't forget. I still don't have an answer for you. You want to talk about building a relationship and gaining respect. You go back to someone and say, still not there with an answer for what you asked. Just wanted to know you were heard. Great culture builder there. Accessibility. And don't ever sound like you are so, so busy. And I, 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 I hear this all the time, bud. And I just don't know if this exudes leadership when people start off meetings or conversations telling the audience their direct reports, boy, I'm so busy. I have so much to do. I believe it's just not the most attractive quality that a leader is demonstrating by giving a rundown of how busy they are because the people they're probably talking to might are just as busy, if not busier potentially. It's just a different busy. So I don't know if they're winning any votes with their uh, people they're discussing. So I just wanted to get that one out there. Uh, how can I help? I think you said you wanted to touch on that one, yeah, buddy. Yeah, just mentioning how can I help you? I, I love that you included this. Uh, that was probably the greatest thing we did in the operating room um, when we took really? over. Um, yeah, we had, you know, we had certain issues and, uh, and I could see it from my physician friend side and what have you. And we, we developed a culture with the nurses and the techs and even tried with the physicians. Um, when people had questions, concerns, issues, even if they were complaining, things weren't going well, we wanted everyone's first responses to be, I hear you. How can I help? Right. How can I help? Uh, and it was amazing how that diffused situations. Um, because then you weren't viewed as an obstacle, right? You were viewed as someone who was trying to 
work to achieve the same goal that we all had, right? Mm -hmm. Safe, efficient patient care. Um, so it, it, I think that was frankly our greatest success in the culture change in the operating room was developing that, how can I help? And I can remember how good I felt when I would hear nurses who knew, probably didn't know I was there, uh, and couldn't see me, but I could hear them when their first response, when they got a phone call or a complaint from someone was, well, how can I help you? Right. So that's when I knew we were successful. It took a long time. I bet. I'm sure. But two more before we finish up on this topic, lead by example, lead by example, leaders that lead by example, very powerful, very powerful. Encourage risk taking, encourage innovation. If you do that as a leader and you encourage people, you're going to get more and more and the best out of them. Because there are people out there, and going back to this profile and personality, some people are not risk takers. They really need to be comfortable over and over and need that reassurance that, reassurance that it's okay. Let's innovate. Take a chance. Take a risk. And obviously, if it doesn't work, let's try to get through it as quick as possible and go to the next one. But the only way we're going to get people to take that risk is if the culture is conducive to that. And the leaders are standing up on the desk, on the chair saying, take a chance, take a calculated, educated, good risk. Well, that's another big thing. And in, in you look at uh, really, I think, sophisticated advanced leadership is creating that culture of safety yes. where it's okay to take risks. It's okay to fail. In some ways you encourage it. And obviously that's a complicated, and we have a long talk because like, I don't want my people to fail. That's not what I'm encouraging, but I'm encouraging them to, to, to push themselves, to stretch. And that if they do fail, let's learn fast and move forward. Because the, the old adage is true that we learn more from our mistakes than we do our successes. And what we really want to be is a learning organization, a growth mindset. Um, so I think that's a huge one. Yes. Well, Bud, to close things out today, we shared what the differences were are between managers and leaders. Then we shared tips for both of them. And I think we made it crystal clear. Managers, leaders out there, you're all special in your own ways and what you do. Hopefully today you were just able to walk away with a additional tip or two or some ideas that will help you on your journey, whether you're a leader, manager, or both. Bud, before we close out, is there anything you want to share? Yeah, Dave, you know, I, I kind of close with this. You know, becoming a leader really is an iterative process, right? It's about assessing your strengths, evaluating who you are as a communicator, a collaborator, assessing your courage. Um, you know, it's part of being an effective leader and, and often your strong individual contributions uh, and your management abilities lays the foundation for your leadership. Um, but really, some of those skills that got you to that leadership role aren't the skills you're going to need or enough to take you from being a good manager to an effective leader. And so I hope that's the take home message here. Yes, that's great, bud. Our next podcast is going to be March 15th. We are going to have Nick Wisher on. He is a ex Ring football player, graduate, also graduated with an MBA uh, from the Mendoza College of Business at Notre Dame. He is the co-founder of Yoke. They work with colleges and student athletes to provide every student athlete with the technology they need to maximize their name, image, and likeness. 
a lot of you out there, or some of you might have heard of NILs. Nick is going to get in there, get into it, and talk about the NILs, the business of college athletics, and it's going to be a great conversation. And I can't wait to learn from Nick. He's a bright guy, and he'll share a lot to all of us on this topic. So it should be uh, very informative for everybody. And that'll be on March 15th that we'll have that podcast. Yeah, Dave, I can't wait to hear. Uh, I mean, especially too, if people are paying attention to the sporting news, uh, it's become public the, the recruitment and the nil agreement for that high profile quarterback from California who committed to a school. I mean, he, his nil agreement was millions of dollars. It, I'm going to say it again, millions. It, it's amazing. 13 million. And, and then how complicated that whole situation is. And it became a story because the school reneged on it shortly after his acceptance. So this is really going to be interesting to hear what Nick has to say about this world. Uh, and Nick is a great guy. He's a smart guy. And he's a Southside Chicagoan. And he's going to bring a lot to the conversation next week. So I can't wait to have Nick on the podcast. Thank you everybody for listening to Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One Consulting. We appreciate you. If you would like to have a conversation with Pygon One Consulting, please reach out to us on pygon1.com. If you have any comments or questions, or if there's any topics you'd like Bud and I to jump into or discuss potentially down the line, please share. We'd love to hear from you. Again, thank you for listening to Win the 16. Thank you for listening to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One. Please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Episodes will be released every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you and go Win the 16.